Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, we just worship and exalt you. We thank you, Jesus, for your love. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. You've made us beautiful from the beginning. We exhort you, God, for divine protections and provisions. Be magnified. You are our God. We trust in you. We believe in you. We rely on you. We are committed to you. We know for certain, God, nothing can separate us from your love. Because you love us from the foundation of the world. You manifested your love, God, by sending your only begotten son. We appreciate you, God, for your sacrifice. We receive, God, the benefits of the sacrifice into our lives. Into every area, O Lord, of our being. We say, God, be magnified, be glorified, be highly exalted in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father. In Jesus' wonderful name we worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I am sharing with you this morning on overcoming storms through imagining or imaging, imaging. Overcoming storms through imaging, not imagination, but imaging. I M A G I N G. Imaging. Overcoming storms through imaging. Imaging is more or less the same thing as incarnation. Okay? Hallelujah. It's like incarnation. Imaging is like incarnation. You becoming something that you were not or you being reproduced. Okay. Uh, I'm going to make you see that as we move on. But I know that everybody in life got some storm. One way or the other, so along the line. There are several storms that we face. There are several issues that confront us. Amen. But I want to assure us this morning that Christ is not without an understanding of the storms that you are facing. Can I hear an amen to that? Yeah. The God we serve is not so unmindful of your situations. The God we serve is not too far away that he doesn't even know or see the things you're passing through. But you see, I want to make you see the only way you can really overcome these things through him who sees all things and knows all things before they happens. Hallelujah. And we're going to come overcome so many things in life. And in fact, we should walk in the supernatural by simply imagining Christ. And that is what I want to make you see. Now, let's begin to read from Second Corinthians chapter 3. Second Corinthians 3. Praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians 3, I look at 16 down to 18. The Bible said, Nevertheless, when he shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is thy spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face beholding, not the word beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, imaging, from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible is saying when you move out from looking at the law, the letter of the law, you turn to the spirit. And he said, something begin to happen on your inside. Now the glory God is describing here is like a contrast to the glory that Moses brought on the Mount of Transfiguration. Amen. The Bible made us to understand Moses was with God for these 40 days to get the laws for the people. And by the time he came down, his face was glistering. And the Bible made us to understand that it was difficult for men to look at the face of Moses. Because of the glory that was upon the face of Moses. I have always said this and I believe it. That Moses couldn't have died because of the glory that he carried. But he has to die because he was a type of Jesus. Amen. Because the Lord said in Deuteronomy that a prophet like unto me shall the Lord God raise up unto you. So it has to be like him. And if Moses hadn't died, then Jesus wouldn't have died. Because Jesus was a type of Moses. Amen. Are you done with me? So now the Bible is saying there was a glory that was revealing Moses. But there, this one is a greater glory. Now we're talking about the glory that is in Christ. And he said, when you are beholding him, you become as he is. Alright? So what you see is what you reflect. Now, the image of beholding is in this form. Let me explain. In the old times, the mirror were produced out of, out of glasses, polished surface. Is that okay? So now, ordinarily, when you look at the mirror, what do you see? You see yourself. Is that okay? Anytime you look at the mirror, what do you see? You see yourself. So now, the truth is, you are reflecting, or the mirror kind of shows who you are, or reflects you, or you reflect what you see, in that sense. Now, the Bible is saying, when you're looking at Christ, what's the next thing you see? You're going to be seeing Christ manifested in you. In other words, there is an emission taking place in you, coming from Christ. Christ is emitting his life, emitting his nature, emitting his glory, and you are picking the emissions of Christ, and you are becoming like him. Is that okay? So it's like you are incarnating Christ by looking at Christ. Are you done with me? Okay. Alright. Now, let's look at something because there's a few things I need to talk about here. Let's go to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14. I'm going to read from verse number 22. Matthew 14 from 22. And it's part of the story we're reading this morning as well. Matthew 14, 22. And straight away Jesus constrained the disciples to get into a ship. After all of those miracles like we said this morning. And to go before him onto the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, note that, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tones with waves, for the wind was contrary. Know the word contrary. And in the fourth watch, know the word fourth watch, of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straight away Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. 
It is I. Be not afraid. Amen. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. On the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the, the, the wind boisterous, not that, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore thou dost, I mean, did thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Can I hear an amen to that? As he stepped into the ship, now the Bible didn't tell us here he prayed. He stepped into the ship and the wind ceased. I want you to see something from there as I progress. But to begin with, the ship is like the course you take in life. The ship could be your business, it could be your personal life, it could be your marriage. Hallelujah. It's the means by which you are moving in life. It's, 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 it could be your focus. Is that which God has ordained for you? Let me put it that way. Is that which you have chosen? Is that which identifies you? It's your life. You're moving in life in your ship. Hallelujah. And here we come to the place. The Bible says the ship came to the place in the midst of the sea and there was this trouble. Hallelujah. The wave was contrary. The word contrary is very, very important to me. It is anestios. Anestios means opposite. It means that which is contrary. It means that which is antagonistic. Hallelujah. And the Bible says it was before them. In other words, you come to a place in life where you face real problems face to face. Hallelujah. Your sheep have just come to a place in life where you see difficult situations. Now there's this problem facing you. Face to face. There is no way you're going to escape it. There's no way you're going to navigate it. It's just directly confronting you. How many of you have come to issues and maybe not have issues in life and you say, man, this is a problem. You've really been able to identify what the problem really is. Your sheep have really come to a place where there's a contrary wind. Amen. But I have an assurance for you this morning. When you see him and he steps into your ship, the wind will cease. Hallelujah. So here we go. The Bible is making us understand the ship was going. And mind you, he was the one that asked them to move. Oh God, come on. I wish somebody can catch this. They didn't go on their own. God called you forth into this life. He gave you an assignment. He gave you a ministry. He knows the end from the beginning. Amen. And he's sending you forth. He's the one sending you. Now, the fact that he's sending you doesn't mean you're not going to face contradictory winds. Hallelujah. So, well, watch this. You are on this course you are going. Jesus knows. The Lord knows. He's not unmindful of your situation. He's not ignorant of your situation. He knows before you, he started. He, he knew before these people took off. I feel it was deliberate that he didn't step into the boat with them at the moment they were supposed to go. He asked them to go, he went to pray. Are you still there with me? And again, he didn't ask them to go in the morning. It was late. Oh, think about that. And that is why when I'm going to be sharing with you on the multiplying of the loaves, you need to understand that because something is very crucial here. What time period was it that the meal took place? Remember, it was a crusade ground. Is that okay? And they were preaching. Now, if this was to feed 5,000, excluding women and children, alone, he wouldn't have accomplished that before the people moves. 
So he used the order like one of the sisters said, sit down in 15 and 100, and then he asked the disciples to begin to do what? To multiply. And what he gave to them begin to go into the hands of the people. Anything God gives to you multiplies in your hand. Amen. That is why he said, don't come to me with what? Empty hands. You just come, let him touch what you have in your hand, and then he's going to multiply it. Okay, that's something else. But here we go. He knows exactly what's going to happen before he asks them to start going. Praise the living God. Okay. So the problem was directly before them, just like you may be having some issues right now. But they're going to dissolve and resolve themselves in your presence. Hallelujah. No issue is too strong. No condition is too strong. In fact, let me tell you something. There is no way you can be caused by a man if God has so loved you. You are too loved to be caused. Now I'm just telling you this. You are too loved by God to be caused by man. Is that okay? Now the Bible says it was a fourth watch. When this thing was happening, the fourth watch. The fourth watch was between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And that's a good time to sleep. So now, this storm is attacking you at the point of your rest. When you are supposed to be resting, that is when this storm begins to arise. Are you still with me? It's between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. That is what you call the fourth watch. And I think that's when you are supposed to be on your bed. Hallelujah. But that is when the storms of life begin to arise. That's when the wind begins to blow. That's when the sea begins to roar. I mean, voices all over the place. You're getting confused. I'm giving an assurance this morning. Somebody is watching you. In the midst of that confusion. You see, can you picture Jesus? Why didn't he wait till the next day? Why didn't he just stay over till the next day? Why didn't you allow them to cross over? He knew exactly what he wanted to do. He's just trying to teach us. Hey, listen to me. The storms of life cannot swallow you up as long as your heart is towards me. Hallelujah. So here we go. He said, the fourth walk, like I said, start from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. And these people were in these storms of life. Waves. Oh, you've been in business. Where you feel this when I'm supposed to be resting? Things are just going down. Hallelujah. I have worked for so long. I'm coming to the place of my rest. You begin to see troubles. Men, don't be confused. We've got a God who watches and sees our situation. And this man is stepping into that ship at that moment. Listen, he comes to you at the darkest night and point in the night. As the most terrible time when the waves are roaring, that is when he shows up. And Christ is going to come your way. You wouldn't be the one to invite him. Listen, they didn't call for him because they saw him. They didn't call for him before they saw him coming. He started coming when he knew they needed him most. He is going to come your way when you need him most. Even when you don't seem to be praying, he is going to come your way. Hallelujah. Now what is it? Jesus walked on the same problem that was confronting Peter. How many of you understand that? It was the storm that was disturbing them. It was the wind that was disturbing them. So what happened? Jesus walked on the same problem. Oh, come on. You need to get that. Jesus will ride on your problem to meet you. Did you get that? It was the same storm that was troubling them that he was walking on. In other words, he brought the storm under his feet. Did you get that? The trouble came under his feet. So how was Peter going to overcome the problem? Hallelujah. In other words, if Peter must overcome the storm, he must bring the storm under the feet. 
Is that okay? To overcome means to mean, I mean simply means you are over what was supposed to be over you. Overcome. Are you there with me? You are overcoming, meaning you are standing on top of your problem, on top of the situation. Now, Jesus walked to Peter on his problem, brought the problems of Peter on the feet, approached Peter, Peter saw Jesus, and Jesus asked him to come, and Peter stepped out and stepped on his problem. Did you get that? The same problem that was tormenting Peter, but because Peter saw Jesus, Peter now stood on his problem. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So your problems are coming under your feet because you are imagely who? Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. The more you receive him, the more he feeds your life, the more you stand on your problem. The more you bring your problems under feet. Listen to me, man. I, 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 I believe, sure, I believe there is place for counseling, there is place for going into all these prayers, whatever. But man, the quickest way and the best way is for you to allow him to come into your life. Praise the living God. Allow him to come into your life. So Peter was able to stand on his problem. Why? Because he saw Jesus, he called unto him, and Jesus really received him. By beholding Jesus, remember what we said before, if we behold him, are you still there with me? Now see what happened. The Bible says, we behold him, we shall be changed from glory to glory. Jesus has an ability and uh, he, he came into what I would call a flotation body. What I mean by a flotation body is a body that can float. Amen. He got a body that can float, which Peter do not have. Are you still there? But as soon as they begin to look unto Jesus, what happened? The same power of flotation began to emanate in his body. So he had an ability to float on top of water. Are you catching what I'm talking about? So whatever he has, he is emanating, you receive and become as him. He said, we shall be changed from glory to glory, even into his word, image. So I'm saying overcoming through imaging. You overcome as you receive more of him into your life. The ability he has to do what he did, you now have to do what you are supposed to do. Praise the living God. Amen? The word beholding, like I said before, the Greek word is katoprinoizo, and it simply means to mirror. Right? Katoprinomai. Katoprinomai. It means to mirror. Hallelujah. To mirror oneself. To see reflected. To behold as in a glass. To see reflected. You know the word, like I was saying, the more you look unto Jesus, the more a reflection of himself and your life are becoming one. You're becoming one with him. Hallelujah. You becoming one with that's why listen, you can't joke with your Bibles, you can't joke with the word of God because the word was God right from the beginning. The more you study the word, the more you become like what you see. Hallelujah. Are you there with me? And then you're receiving an impartation, you're receiving a transformation. That is why I said, if you operated with a flotation body to be able to overcome the storm, Peter also received this thing because he saw him. Hallelujah. Now watch this. Peter didn't go to the brethren in the boat to complain or to find solution to his problem. Are you there with me? When he began to sink, what did he do? 
Did he turn back to say, Andrew? <laughs> oh, James, can't you see I'm sinking? Those people never had a flotation body, those they can't help him. Hallelujah. Sometimes, you see, our issues can easily be resolved if we really speak so much to God. We, instead of speaking to the problem, we complain about the problem. God didn't tell Ezekiel to, I mean, to complain about the problem. He said, speak to the bones. Hallelujah. So all you need to do is to receive him into your life and speak to the situation. There is something that happens within you when your faith begins to build up. Because I'm going to make you see that. If there is anything you can do to, to hurt God, is to doubt God. Write it down. I think one of the things that really grieves God more is to doubt Him. Is to doubt Him. You see, I think He may probably overlook so many things, but when you come to the place of doubting God, oh man, you hurt God. I'll make you see that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So what am I saying here? You are transformed by beholding and not by struggling or working too hard. Somebody need to take that down. Your transformation in life is not how hard you walk. Amen? Come on, are we there together? Peter moved into a new being by simply looking onto, onto Jesus. It was not by any self-effort. I want you to catch that. Your success in life is not because you struggle so hard. No, 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 no. Transformation that will take place in your life is not because of something things you need to do so much. It's not hard work as such in that sense. But it's simply beholding and you're getting transformed. Let me tell you something. Success will meet you as you continue to behold the Lord. Amen? Praise the living God. You are transformed beholding and not by struggling or working too hard. I'm going to say something here that you need to understand. Am I against hard work? Not at all. Do I believe in hard work? Very well. But hard work without Christ is slavery. Amen? Were the children of Israel working very hard in Egypt? They were working so hard, but they were what? Slaves. Hard work without Christ equals slavery. That's bondage. <laughs> you get what I'm talking about. I want you to pick this because it's so simple. See, if he be with you, anything you touch, every little thing you put your hand for to do, you prosper. The Bible made us understand that Joseph prospered in Egypt because God was with him. Struggling to survive is directly connected to slavery and there isn't much reward in it. God didn't call you to, to struggle to survive. I'm giving you a simple secret that will enable you to become who God intends you to be. You overcome issues in life by imagining Christ. Amen? Praise the living God. In seeing we are elevated to the same platform, watch this what happened. Jesus was on top of the storm. Is that okay? Or the wave. Right? That means there was a place he was occupying. As soon as Peter began to see Jesus, Peter could move to the same platform that Jesus was. So elevation in life 
comes by you looking at Jesus. So that where he is, there shall we be also. Are you there with me? Praise the living God. So, when you begin to behold him, the state that he occupies, that is the state you are meant to occupy. How many of you remember in the fisher, the Bible said we are sitting together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen? Praise the living God. Somebody called me a few days ago. I mean, just two, three days ago. I was in the with my wife. After looking at my bills, I realized that between now and April, I need one million for my expenses. That's serious. So, so I was sharing and I said, man, how is it going to be? But Allah keep making me understand he's going to pull through. Between now and April. I'm not on salary, you know. I need one million for my expenses. I'm not talking of anything. My personal expenses is one million. But I know I'm pulling through. Amen? I have to be where he is. If he feeds the raven, if he feeds the sparrows, are you, are you following what I'm talking about? Come on. If these people are still there, God takes care of them. He is going to provide where I least expected. I have to look unto him. I have to see him coming through. So, if it is, watch this. He was supposed to pay tax. That means Jesus himself had need of money to do ministry. He would have been choked he would have been imprisoned if he couldn't pay tax. Amen? So how did he get his money? Oh, simple instruction. The fish had to produce a golden coin. Amen? No stupid thing to produce a golden coin. Some fishes will show up. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? <laughs> you see, we, we are not called to complain about the issues. We are not called to magnify the issues. We are called to... These are issues, everybody. I'm just talking about my finance. There are other ones you have. Some of you could be ear Some of you could be this. Some of you could be that. There are all storms on your way. But I'm saying when you behold him, there is an elevation that takes place. You ride over your problem. You move over your problem. Your problem becomes the vehicle that takes you on. Amen? Because Peter was now walking on the sea. The same storm that was troubling him. Well, the storm was not taking Peter on. He was walking, stepping on it, moving on it, trampling it on the feet. Praise the living God. Amen. So all you need to do is to do what? So see him. Ability to see him and to hear him. Two things. Peter heard him and Peter, in fact, he first saw him and then he did what? He heard him. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. So, if we want to get into the supernatural, living a supernatural life, what are we expected to do? See him. Behold him. Hallelujah. Get reflected. Praise the living God. How many of you understand the Bible says faith comes by hearing? Is that not true? And so here yeah, we are told faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible made us understand the book of Romans. Here the Bible says, Peter heard him say, come. No other person in the boat could do that. They were all still afraid. They were all still thinking they are going to die. Amen? But because they never had the word of God, they didn't do anything. The only man that had among them is the one that stepped on the, on the water. Praise the living God. Are you still there with me? I make you see that because you need to understand that your promises are already before you. But for you to step into your promises, you need to have faith in God to be able to step into your promises. That's why I said, God hates people who doubt Him. One of the reasons the children of Israel could not go to the promised land because they doubted God. He is the one that made them, He gave them the promise that the land is flowing with mega honey. How many of you remember that? Okay, fine. Now you go and possess the land. 
Now they came and said, let us go and search. God knew there were giants there, there were enemies there before he said, go. He said, I'm going to make your enemies just like bread before you. But he said, let's go and search. Their heart melted. They begin to doubt God. The men there are like giants. Hmm? Oh, you mean God didn't know that they were giants before he said, go there? So Caleb and Joshua, they were the only men to have an understanding and the very mind. And not a spirit, the Bible said they had faith. And then they were able to enter the promised land. Amen. So God can give you promises, but when you doubt him, you won't be able to step into what? Your promises. It's not the fault of God. It's the spirit of doubt in your heart. So when God told Peter, you just come. I mean, Jesus spoke to Peter. You just come. Peter took that initiative and he stepped in. Now let me show you something. Somebody said, where am I going to be seeing Christ? To see is the same thing as to believe. Turn with me to First Peter 1. First Peter 1. Let's look at verse number 7. Hallelujah. 7 and 8. First Peter 1. That a trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. I'll be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Amen. Look at verse 8. Whom having not seen physically, you love. In whom though now you see him not, yet believing, ye rejoice with what? With joy. Hallelujah. You are not seeing him, but you believe. You can't handle him now, but you're rejoicing, even with joy, by reason of your conviction that this man is ever present. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You say, yet believing you rejoice with joy. So one of the things that keeps you floating over your situation is to know that he is present, and you believe that he is present, and because he's present, you will walk over your situations. Praise the living God. Amen. So like I said here, doubt is the greatest enemy of yourself and opposition of faith. Doubt is the enemy and opposite of faith. And I also put it out of position. The greatest opposite and opposition to your faith is what? Doubt. I want you to know that. Now watch what happened. The Bible said Peter saw a boisterous wind and began to sink. Is that not true? So at that moment, he doubted what he heard. In other words, when you turn your attention for Christ into your problem, you are going to sink. Praise the living God. When you magnify your problem more than Christ, you are already set for what? Sinking. Everybody has a problem. Jesus even has some. Even from among his family. How many of you have problems too? But you can't see Jesus magnifying his problem more than the success of his ministry, as the case may be. Praise the living God. So Peter saw, now watch this. The Bible said the sea was boisterous. In other words, your problems are boasting before you. Your problems are speaking louder than the faith you have. Boasting, you are not going to succeed. This problem is going to kill you. Amen? And when you begin to hear the circumstance, when you begin to hear the environment before you, instead of Christ, then you are set for what? For sinking. 
Praise the living God. You know, when something is boasting, it means they are threatening your life. How many of you understand what I'm saying here? They are threatening your life. So the wind was threatening the life of Peter and the people. The problem confronting their ministry. They were in a ship going. Now here comes the problem. And he didn't just come. He started speaking to them. How many of you understand that you hear sometimes the voice of your problem more than the voice of God? You wake up in the morning, you are hearing your problem talking to you. Are you getting that? And like Pastor Kevin, I has a very good one just this week. Huh? In his, his, in his business. Your problems, you see, they speak to you more than the voice of God. Children's school fees are not be paid. How do you feel? That's the problem already speaking. Speaking louder than the faith you should have to be able to overcome. Praise the living God. The Bible said the sea was what? Boisterous. I mean, think about that. Glory to God. Now I want you to pick three things from this passage. Number one. Though at a distance... Jesus was from his disciple. He knew their distress. Where were the people? They were in the sea. Where was Jesus? Right in the land. They were far away. But he knew their problem. He saw their problem. He walked towards them. Praise the living God. I'm trying to make you understand that you are not hidden from God. You are not far away from him. He, you see, he sees you and he's, he, he's seeing you right now. He knows what that problem is. He's not far from you. That when they see, he was in the land, but he knew what was going on. Why was he walking towards them? Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? He, he also moved out of where he was and started moving towards them. I'm convinced while he was praying, he already knew what was going on. Maybe he cut off his prayer point and then begin to move towards the people. He knew their faith. He knew their condition at that moment. God knows who you are. He knows what your problems is. And the good thing about it is there is no problem you have right now that is above Jesus. Praise the living God. And the good picture again I want to paint before you is that at any point in time that there's a problem, he's walking towards you. The problem is you're unable to see him. In the midst of that problem. You can't behold him in the midst of that problem. That's the problem we have. No, because he doesn't know. Listen, before ever it happens, he's already coming close. So all you need to do is to be able to open your eyes to see where is Jesus. Hallelujah. Where is he who made the promise? I know my Redeemer leave it. You need to come to that place. He's just too close. I have a conviction that there is nothing you ever miss in life that God cannot replace. I have my belief that there is nothing you lost in life that God cannot replace. And if God needs to restore, he does it seven times better. Glory to God. That's my conviction. Nothing. Okay, so now, he was far away, but yet he saw them. Is that Okay. He walked towards them. He found them on the lake and probably in the midst of the darkness. Now, like I told you, three between 3 and, and 4 a.m. Is that okay? So, listen. Christ is coming to you at the darkest period of your life. The darkest hour of the night. That's when he shows up. 
It shows up at the darkest hour to bring you to the day. Praise the living God. Are you there? Praise the Lord. So I want you to know that. Though you may have an issue, but understand that it's not far. It's right by you. Remember what he said. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you to the end of the age. Hallelujah. Are you done with me? And don't forget, the darkest point of your life, that is when he shows up. Your own duty is to open your eyes, I mean, wide enough to be able to see him. And in your see him, you must listen all to the world he's going to ask you to do. Because there will only be an instruction that will give to you to overcome this storm. Amen? When he told Peter, come, Peter had the ability to overcome. So when you see him, listen. Hallelujah. Praise the living God. And like I said before, if there is anything you must avoid in your life, it's what? Doubt. Doubt holds God and it makes him a liar. You know why he holds him? Because he makes God a liar. The only time you can make God a liar is to doubt him. Once you begin to doubt somebody, you are saying what you said you can fulfill. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so anytime you doubt God, you make him a liar. And it hurts him. Because doubt, like I said, is the opposite of faith. If anything that can please God, it's not about what? Faith. Faith is believing what God says. But anytime you do not have faith enough to believe God, and you come to the, time, the place of doubt, you begin to hurt him. And like I was trying to say, the children of Israel did this to him. He grieved them because they couldn't believe that he would take them to the promised land. So they, they doubted God. Praise the living God. If there is anything you need to pray for, you must come to start praying and to that point to say, God, I won't doubt whatever thing you ask me to do. I won't doubt whatever thing you say in your word. I believe it and I'm going to leave it out. Anytime you doubt God, you hurt God. Why do you hold God? Anybody? Because you make him what? A liar. So, you can say, well, I believe. I believe God. Yeah, I believe God is God. I believe God is God. But when you come to the place where that which he says he wants to do, you no longer put faith in what he says he wants to do, you automatically make him what? A liar. You are saying, you claim you can do this, but I know you can't do it. That is the excellence of the spirit of doubt. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible said the wind ceased because Jesus entered into the boat with Peter. Do you notice that? So, if the Lord be with you, who can be against you? In this particular passage, we are not told he prayed. The Bible says, as soon as he stepped into the boat with Peter, remember that? He held his hand, they moved together on Upon that same water and step right into the boat. And as soon as they step into the boat, the wind sees. What am I trying to make you understand? When you bring Jesus to your problem, your problem will dissolve. Hallelujah. He is the only anchor that we have. He is the only solution that we have. He is the only way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's not just the way. He is the truth. Established truth. And it's not just the truth. He is the life. 
Praise the living God. As soon as they step right there on the boat, the wind ceases. Jesus' presence in your home will cause issues to be dissolved. Jesus' presence in your business will cause issues to be dissolved. No matter how rough and tough it is, I'm admonishing you this morning, invite him to your homes. As soon as he stepped in there, the wind obeyed. They recognize that the one that has authority has come in. How many of you remember when he was baptized? The Bible says, God said this, my beloved, I'm well pleased. Hear, hear him. When he says, hear, hear him, I'm saying everything in creation have to hear God. Amen. Hear Christ. When he says, hear, hear him, not a word, obey him. Obey anything he says. So when God made that pronouncement, even the wind heard God say the same thing. So anytime Jesus shows up, the wind must obey. Every wind in your life is going to obey the Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ. Every storm, whatever it is. Because he will step in and he's going to take your hand. Listen, he's not just stepping in and leaving you. He's taking you along and putting you where you belong. And then you get to where you're supposed to go. Because the Bible says when he stepped into that boat, they find themselves on the other side. They were able to arrive safely. No more storm, no more wind. The circumstance, no more boasting. May your circumstance not be boasting before you in the name of Jesus Christ. Whatever circumstance you have that is boasting this day, we're taking authority over it. We are releasing Christ into your home. He is stepping into that situation and peace will reign in the name of Jesus. Praise the living God. So what are we saying here? Instead of concentrating on your difficulties, concentrate on who? Oh, come on, you're not with me. Amen? Hallelujah. Instead of concentrating on how terrible your problems are, what is supposed to be your focus? Jesus. Beholding Him. Say, as we behold Him, we are changed from glory to glory. Don't concentrate on your problems. Don't concentrate on your difficulties. Are you still there with me? Don't you ever do that. You are not called to concentrate on your problem. You are called to focus on him. Be focused, people. On who? On Jesus. This may sound a very difficult thing, but it's an easier way to solve your problems. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. No matter what, you passing through. There is Jesus around the corner. Amen. He sees you before you even step into the problem. He knows when he's going to come out to meet you. And he meets you at the darkest hour of the night. The, the point at which you feel life is over. The point at which you feel there is nothing good anymore to live for. The point at which you say, well, I think it's better I commit suicide. That is when the Lord shows up. Hallelujah. He has promised to be with you. And he's going to be with you to the end. You can't doubt him because you will hurt him. Now, you're going to pray against the spirit of doubt this morning. Amen. And you must come to the place of knowing what God has for you. Because you have to be in your ship. You have to be in your ship. And if there's one that is asking you to do what you're doing, then be sure you are going to get to the end. So if God gives you your business, no enemy can take it. If God gives you your family, no enemy can take it. If God gives you what you're doing now, no enemy can take it. In the name of Jesus, that is his promise for you.
He can stake his life for it. And what he stakes for whatever thing he wants to do in your life is what he says, which has to do with his word. How many of you remember what we said before? God honor his word more than his name. Because the words of a man describe who the man is. Amen? Praise the living God. Do you understand what I'm talking to you this morning? I am saying get your attention away from your problem. They are going to dissolve themselves. Just take your mind away and concentrate on God. Concentrate on the Spirit. I remember some time past, I used to, I read the material. You know, you have, before I, 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 I came to the Lord and, you know, we're just inquisitive reading stuff. And there is this description that is given that if you're having a problem, for instance, you're having a toothache. Alright? And then you get a needle and start pinching the needle or pushing the needle into your skin. Right? And because you are seeing the needle come into your skin and you are concentrating on the pain of the needle, the ache pain disappears. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Because the whole of your attention is coming to the one you are seeing. Then your toothache pain is doing what? It is appearing. And that's true. Because the whole of your attention is coming to one place. You are concentrating. You are bringing all your mind. And automatically you make that area to become weak. Then the pain begins to disappear. Because you are feeling the pain of this needle coming into your skin. And you are seeing it there. What you give attention to takes the whole of your mind. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So if your attention is off your problems and it's not on Christ, you're going to get more of Christ coming into your spirit, more of his life coming into your life, and the problem will definitely dissolve and resolve itself. I promise you, by the word of God. Amen? I know it's true. Praise the living God. And look at what Peter is saying. He said, though you have not seen him, but you believe, and not only believe him, you rejoice in Oh, what does that mean? I know he will do it. I know he will accomplish it. I know what he promised. He will bring it to pass. The first thing is, joy is swelling in your heart, yet you have not seen the result. But you know. Praise the living God. Do you understand that? How many of you remember what I told you some years back? Just last year I mentioned that here in this meeting. Four years ago I was flying to South Africa. I had nothing in my wallet. Honestly, traveling, no BTA, if you want to call that. Mm-hmm. And I was riding Lagos and I was just thinking, lying then I was thinking and the Lord asked me a question. Who do you think I am? And how do you think God lives? Does God live by faith? I said no. How does he live? I said he lives by knowing. Because you know the end from the beginning. Are you getting what I'm talking about? And the voice sees. In other words, God is saying, if it's not what is in your wallet... That is guaranteeing your journey. I am already going before you. Every provision you need, I'm going to make available for you. You just know that and go. You've got to live by knowing. And it is as you know that joy comes in your hearts. Are you getting what I'm talking about? What Peter is saying there? Once you know some things for sure, this is going to happen. You start rejoicing even though you have not seen it. I think this is higher than faith. Praise the living God. You just know God is before me, right in my front, and He's going before me. Can you imagine what Moses would say? Hey, God, you want us to go? He says, If you are not coming with us, don't allow me to go at all. 
So once you have the assurance that he's with you, you know he's with you, your joy will come forth. No matter the situation you face in life, you know God is going to take it over. Praise the living God. Stand up and let's pray one more time. Let's talk to God this morning. I want us to first of all address the issue of unbelief. Which is doubt. Like I said, if there is anything that makes God angry, is there anything that hurts the pride of God, if I may use the word, not in a negative sense. I'm talking about his fatherhood, his capacity to provide, his capacity to heal. If there is anything that hurts him, is for you to doubt him. Just first of all, act. Just like that man who prays, so God hide down my own belief. I want you to begin to talk to God. Areas that you have kind of disbelieved God. Areas that you have kind of doubted God. Areas that have come to begin to think God is far away from me. Don't you forget, this man is so close. This man is so close, he's not far away from you. Hmm. God is too close, he's not far away from you. Don't doubt his presence. Don't doubt what he says he can do. Don't doubt the power of healing in him. Don't doubt. I'm saying this because some of you need to be healed. You just need your healing. You just need to receive your healing. You just need to receive the deliverance as to what is going on. Don't doubt him. Don't hurt God by doubting him. Hot God by doubting him. Destroy the spirit of doubt in your heart this morning. Some of you feel my husband is not responding well. You just need to believe that God is bringing him back home. Whoever he is, you can. Having prayed, believe. Having spoken to him, believe. There is nothing impossible with God. Nothing impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. Destroy the spirit of doubt. You know what He promised you. You know where you are going. You are in the ship. Destroy the spirit of doubt. right now. Maybe your problem is painting a picture so hard. Maybe your problem is busting before you. Maybe you can take authority over your problem because you can walk over it. Your problem is busting. The Bible said you will want trust. Look at the problem speaking before you. I want you to begin to invite Jesus afresh into your life. Invite him right now. As Peter stretch forth his hand, stretch forth your hands. Get on the same boat with him. with him. 
see him knowing that he lives. One more time. There is nothing as promised that he cannot bring to pass. No matter what negative prophecy I've been giving to you, I speak against those words this morning. I bring in the word of the life of God, and I am saying every issue in your life that is so difficult be dissolved as of this morning in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, just lift up your hand to Him. How glorious is our God. Thank you, Lord, because you're not far away from every one of us. Thank you because you even see us before we step into the issue. Thank you because we know you know the right moment to come. The darkest hour. I know, Lord, you already visited your people. And God, every issue in the life of your own right now that seems difficult, that seems to have been very boisterous before them, that looks so contrary in their face, antagonistic, confrontatory before them, this morning, by raising God of this world, by raising God of your presence, I demand that they dissolve before them. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we remove doubt from our spirit. We believe you are going to accomplish what you have determined to accomplish. You will finish perfectly well. And so, Lord, we receive the joy to rejoice before you. Because we believe who you are. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let healing meet your people. Let deliverance hit your people. Let success hit your people. Let freedom come to your people. In the name of Jesus Christ. And every wind that have been speaking in their life. This day, I silence that voice. I silence that voice. I silence that spirit. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. For he we have blessed cannot be caused. And because you love this one, you've blessed them. Therefore, no cause can remain or arise unto them. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.